1: just got back from Las Vegas. And oof, I don't know, something about being close to people and cigarette smoke doesn't make you feel the healthiest. And I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes I'm like, there's no way I'm sick. I think I'm just a little congested from the cigarette smoke. And I got home last night and I was like, I'm sick. And I only ate sugar yesterday. What do you mean? What do you eat? <laughs> like, I didn't think I was sick. I thought I was just congested from being pregnant and the casino smoke. Uh, And so I was just like, I'll have a pumpkin latte, whatever, because I deserve it. And then I came home and Noah had got me a pastry. And I was like, well, I better take a few bites. And then I had a cup of coffee and then I laid down and then we had to go to a pumpkin carving thing with Sierra. And somebody brought Susie cakes. I was like, well, I should have a cupcake. And I just... What are you doing? Anyways, so yeah, of course you're sick. Your daughter, my daughter was sick last week. And why? And and I'm like, well, it's just a fever. It's like, no, she has a cold. She just can't tell you because she's a little baby. And now I sound like this.
0: (laughs) How's Sierra doing?
1: She's great. Okay. I'm just sitting here like, do I boil turmeric? How do I fix it? Whatever. I'm a firm believer in not acknowledging that you're sick and just moving through it. And I think it g- gets you well better. Well, then you're out of luck. We're getting there. I'll, f- I'll sound much better tomorrow. But once again, lots of fans of the podcast came up to me in Las Vegas, fans of yours. Blech, yeah. They are. Everyone loves Emily. <laughs> and uh, I'll be better for this week because we're headed to Philadelphia to play the Met. It's going to be incredible. And the DAR, the DAR, the Daughters' of American Revolution Hall in DC. We have two shows. Those are going to be fire. It's one of my favorite venues because it doesn't look like a place you should do comedy. Looks like a place you should like sign a declaration. But it's awesome. So we'll be there this weekend. And we got the uh, we got the answers for your. I like last week's episode. I feel like that was some <laughs> red hot advice. I like all the things we're doing. I'm liking our tops and bottoms of cobs.
0: One of this is where you it. just take me to task, you start the episode like, "You know what? This show isn't very good, and you need to work on it.": <laughs> The
1: show could be better,
0: and as the producer
1: whom I pay a lot of money to every week, I think you need to kick it up a notch.
0: Oh boy. All right. We actually have some really long, crazy questions this week with a lot of weird context, so we'll see if you're into that or if you like short and snappy.
1: I know I always ask for context, but can I just say that oftentimes I get it and I'm like, we still already, like, they're crazy. He's an alcoholic. Like, it's always one of five things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, yeah. If you're going to include context, it
1: had better be to prove a point that, like, we're unearthing. (laughs) Because a lot of times you start off and it's like, he's only hit me once. Context.
0: Yeah. Well, that's what we're here for, to cut through the noise. That's right. It's the
1: morning zoo, cutting through the bullshit, with Emily the Squirm, Squirm, (laughs) and Eliza, the Peacock. Emily the
0: Squirm. That's an animal. That's just a bad thing.
1: (laughs) I bet you it is in like Australia. I bet you it has fangs and a a chunky butt, a special kind of
0: worm or something.
1: It's a squirrel worm. That's you, the Squirm. (laughs) All right, let's get into the questions. Hi. Mornings with Squirm and the Sugar Squirrel. Okay, go ahead. Sorry.
0: (laughs) Hi, Eliza and Emily, longtime listener, supporter of Eliza's comedy, regular attendee of her shows in Seattle. I have a conundrum about a gift that has turned into a financial obligation that I was unprepared for. I, 36 female, am 33 weeks pregnant with my first baby, a little girl. I have a good friend, 40 female, we'll call her Stacy, who is a wonderful, kind, and generous person with whom I have been friends for over a decade. But we are in completely different tax brackets, if you get my drift. When we became friends, I had no idea she was a trust fund kid until she was excited to tell me she purchased her first home. When inquiring about the mortgage, she gave me a funny look and responded, I paid cash. I looked at the cost of the home on the Redfin listing she showed me, which nine years ago was around 600000 I asked how. She laughed and said, I have a trust fund. You didn't know that? And then pieces of the puzzle start. But why are you in. asking her
1: about her mortgage? <laughs> are you my mother? <laughs> well, oh my God, congrats, babers. What's the mortgage payment? Right?
0: Like what? How are you affording that? Yeah. Okay. But that does paint a clear okay. picture of how this person bought a home in cash. Okay. Fast forward to my telling her I'm pregnant. We have our laugh, cry, hug moment. And then immediately she says, you have to let me pay for your maternity photos. Knowing she has her own photographer and the caliber of work she puts out, I was excited to be offered this gift. Stacy's photographer included hair, makeup, multiple provided outfits, and background options in a studio. I conveyed what an extravagant gift this was, and she pretty much waved it off and said, I just want you to have a great experience. The photo shoot happened last weekend when I was 32 weeks. It was a great experience, and the photos turned out ridiculously amazing. At the end of the shoot, the photographer starts telling me about my product options along with their cost. I asked her what all Stacy had paid for, and she replied with, just the shoot. Well, normally, oh. when I have had mine or my photo, family's photos taken, you choose a certain number of pictures to have edited, and then the photographer sends them to you on a zip drive. They always offer prints or products, but I've always chosen to have them digitally and rarely print them. She didn't offer this as an option. I, t- I told her I hadn't budgeted financially for anything because I was the under the impression that Stacy paid. She said, no, just the shoot, but let me reach out to her to see if there was some miscommunication. We get around the f- to the first Zoom meeting where I'm to choose a certain number of photos to be edited. Out of literally 200 photos, I get it down to 16, which was her smallest package. She tells me she is taking the package fee down from $2,990 to $1,500 for me. And Stacy has contributed another 500 for the package. So I would just owe $1,000 in order to receive no. my photos. Fucking what? Honestly, had I known I would owe this amount what? of money on top of the gift, I would have politely declined. I told the photographer I needed to discuss this with my husband and left the Zoom call to cry into my dog's fur. I have spoken to my husband at the cost. He wants me to get what I want and be happy. So the $1,000 will be paid so I can get my photos. How do I bring this up to Stacey? I have a lot of conflicting feelings right now as I'm pretty irritated at her for gifting me something I was going to have to pay for on top of, but also don't want to sound ungrateful because the amount of money she paid so far just for the shoot was more money than I make in a week. Do I bring my frustrations up to her? Do I not bring it up and act like it's all fine because the additional cost is being covered? Thank you. Look forward to seeing you in Seattle in November. I'll be 36 weeks pregnant by then, and I planned for the VIP tickets months ago. Much love, Kit.
1: That is in the ballpark of what a photo shoot costs. I can tell you that because I get press photos taken. And so good photography is expensive. There's a lot of expensive bad photography out there. And I was nervous you were going to send the pictures and I was going to be like, oh no, this is like softcore porn. Um, They're beautiful pictures. You look beautiful. The issue is that you were never told from the start, I'll pay for this and you just pay to get them printed. You you didn't know how it worked because you don't get your photo taken a lot. Like this isn't common knowledge. You were not, and your friend probably not being malicious about it, like just didn't think about that part of it. She's like, I'll pay for the shoot because you thought the shoot comes with prints, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I will say that when I've gotten, the last time I had press photos taken, it was about $3,000. We're not printing them because they're for press. And it was kind of like, yeah, pick the ones you like. And then Photoshop, if it's anything major, which we didn't do, uh, because it's like kind of dishonest, is she charges for. But like touch-ups, like if your hair was out of place, like she did for free. So it's a little pricey, but you should have to pay to get them printed. And I guess you're going to in the end. You know, the truth is, you probably look back in five
0: years and be like, oh, I didn't need all 12 of these. Here's what I think the issue is. The question at the end of the day is, how do I tell my friend she totally screwed me over and made me out $1,000 I wasn't planning to spend? And I don't think you necessarily need to do that because I think here's where we're at. Just like you were like, wait, you have a trust fund? You bought a house in cash? She's, You just assumed she was on the same level as you. Maybe she assumes she doesn't know that you can't just drop $1,000. She just assumes that she can do it. But so- I just said this. But so- I don't know that you need to go to her now and say no. Since you've decided to pay for it, what's done is done. But I think the next time she offers something, you need to be very clear. Look, I can't afford this.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's like, just be wary of like, hey, do you want to go on a vacation? Do you want to do this or that? And her offering to pay is generous, but it may not be within her scope of grasp of like, oh, and this person probably can't afford it. To be honest, like, I don't know that it's... If she said to you, I want to pay for your maternity pictures, that means you were saying you wanted them. None of my friends would assume I ever wanted maternity photos. So this is clearly something you've talked about. So look at it as money you would have had to have spent anyway and it costs you less because you still would have had to have gotten the shoot and gotten the pictures printed. And this is about what these things cost. And photographers from ever are going to flood my inbox and be like, no, it's not. But... Quality pictures, quality prints. So in a way, it's a deal. Your issue is that she didn't say, I'll pay for the shoot, you just pay for the prints. But that also feels kind of tacky to be like, I'm going to give you three-fourths of a gift, you do the rest. So there's not a lot you can say because then your friend will be like, oh, well, do you want me to pay for that? Well, and you'll be she, like, no, it's okay.
0: So she was already asked only kicked in 500 and left you 1,000. She thinks she already went above and beyond. She's like, I already put in another 500. Totally. And you were going to get these pictures taken
1: anyway. So at the end of the day, this beautiful shoot with the prints only cost you $1,000, which is an incredible deal. Right. I think if- you, it just sounds like if she offered it, you wanted those pictures anyway. So maybe you can reframe it.
0: Right. Well, and the photographer you would have used to say your friends use, I'm sure was a lot cheaper. I'm sure it was going to be like 500 bucks all in, you know, because it was like a friend of a friend who does this on the side, who it's a very different quality of, of picture and of service and of experience, because I'm sure, you know, what sucks going to get your photo taken, but I'm sure the professional, she made it such a great experience for you that you enjoyed the process. Yes.
1: You enjoyed it, like you said, and it's unfortunate now because that whole memory is tainted with the fact that you were blindsided by this cost, but hair and makeup is expensive. We're talking like $1,000 just for the hair. You know, I don't know where you live and these things fluctuate, but like these things are expensive and getting these things done well and what you would have hated is if your friend did it, the pictures were terrible, the hair and makeup was weird, the lighting was weird, and you couldn't say anything about it. It's like, and it was free. So your friend did a good thing. She tried. It is generous that she kicked in the 500 because she could have been like, I mean, I said I'd pay for the shoot. Why would I pay for the pictures? And you're not in the industry. So you didn't know and that's okay. And it's just like Emily said, even though she repeated some of what I said. It's something good to keep in mind. <laughs> they have to hear you laughing. I see you laughing and I'm you sorry. like hold it away from the mic. So it just looks mean. <laughs> I'm sorry. All part of your plan. Yeah. Yeah. For next time. And don't ever bring it up passive aggressively. Like she's like, Do you guys want to go on this vacation? Be like, oh, I'd love to, but is this gonna be like the photographs like last time where like I have to pay for my own airfare?
0: No, but you You would have had to spend this money anyway because you wanted it. And you know, now you have to be really explicit with her about anything because in her mind, she's like, oh, a thousand bucks. Who cares? I spend that on lunch in a day. She's not thinking about it. If somebody told me, sorry, you have to pay another thousand dollars for this, I would go, never mind. And I would go crawl into a hole and I would never talk to them again. Yeah.
1: I mean, there's also like, of the friends I have that have more money than me, I'm always like, you have so much money. (laughs) I always like, just make it, like, let her know. Next time she doesn't be like, you have so much more money than me. I don't know. Like, right. you could make a joke about it. It doesn't have to be weird. People know they have money. Right. Right. Anyway. Anytime one of my, I have a friend who has a lot of money and anytime she not complains, but says anything, I'm like, you have millions. <laughs> Throw some at the problem.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I always think I'd be such a good millionaire. I'd use my money so well. I'd be so great about it. I'd be chilling. <sighs> it's hard.
1: It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already starting stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an L.A. thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Eliza. I'm busy. so I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Can I just interrupt real quick? Because I just got this email. I'm not going to put this company on blast. Okay. It's a floral delivery company. Mm -hmm. Today was my friend's birthday. So weeks ago, I placed an order thinking if I place it weeks in advance, everything will be fine. And I paired it with like a candle and something else.
0: Yeah. And I
1: sent it. And today, the day it's supposed to be delivered, I get this like limp dick response like, There was an issue with our floral delivery today. Therefore, we will not be delivering it today. We will be delivering it tomorrow. We're so sorry. Here's $15, which we all know on a floral delivery site gets you like
0: a trampled on daisy. And And I just wrote back. Nobody has more discounts than floral delivery sites. If you're paying full price on a floral delivery site, you're a fool. You can get $15 off in your sleep. That means nothing.
1: Like, such a low lift, like, uh, sorry, and here's a discount, and you still have to use our site again. Nice fucking try. And I just wrote back I said, I ordered this weeks ago to ensure it would be there. And day of, you tell me it's not only not being delivered today, so missing the birthday it was sent for, but you're giving me $15 in credit, which we all know buys nothing. (laughs) And it means I have to use your website again. This is terrible customer service. I placed a sizable order with you. I want a refund, and I will simply take my money to another company. Then I texted the friend and I said, Hey, Your gift's not coming today. And I told her the problem. And she was like, fuck yeah, get your money back. (laughs) And they're like, okay, so we will refund it. Is that correct? Yep. You fucking idiots. Nice try, corporate America.
0: Nice try, small business with garbage customer service. Right. They thought they had you over barrel because they're like, well, you need these to be delivered today. Or tomorrow, like who are you going to get delivering deliver them today? Actually, you could get someone to deliver it today. Out of any industry on the earth, flower deliveries, where you could go to a different company and have it done today. You would just pay too much and it wouldn't be worth it.
1: Yeah. Too many times in our daily interactions, we're just like, Like, sorry, there's no one for you to talk to. There's no way to cancel this. Oh, your food was wrong. Good fucking luck. And uncomfortably and oddly enough, the only company that's really good about canceling and refunds is Amazon. And they're slowly breaking our planet. Wow. So, yeah, that's a bummer. That's a bummer to be a smaller company and still like eat shit like that. Okay. But I won't say their name. No. Because I've, I don't, there's very, I've had a few problems with floral delivery companies or like it's delivered weird And it's just like, how hard is this? I'll just, you know what? It's not hard. I'll just go buy flowers and drop them. Sorry, Jamie. Sorry, Jamie. Happy birthday. All right, moving on.
0: Okay. Hey, Liza and Emily. I came to the show in Auckland in February. My husband bought me VIP tickets as an anniversary present. I was so nervous when I got to meet Eliza. I just word vomited about my pregnancy and forgot how to be a normal person. The show was amazing. And I was dismayed I missed the show in Christchurch. Context. I... 35-year-old female married to 48-year-old male. I have a degree and work for the government. He works for his family business. I've known my husband for 14 years, and we have a brilliant relationship. The problem. Before I had our son, I was speaking to my mother-in-law about him getting time off work when the baby came. She said, under no circumstances will he get time off. He will be in the office, and your mother can come look after you. (laughs) This threw me as his family have a quote family first policy. I thought she might have been joking. However, she kept the same narrative when asked on other occasions. My mother has progressive MS, the worst kind. She had carpal tunnel surgery and had a car accident that rode her car off. She lives one and a half hours away from me and Jesus. couldn't come to me as her husband is not allowed at my house. And my sister just had her baby. They live in the same town. Later, His niece. Oh, okay. I'd really rather hear about this husband, but okay. I know. Later, his niece invited us to Australia for her 18th, and I made the comment that at that time we would have a newborn, and her uncle wasn't allowed time off. This seemed to really piss everyone off, and his mother was quite mad at me. I messaged her to apologize, but I was only passing on information I had been given. She went off on me and told me she would have a conversation with him about when would be appropriate for him to take time off and to not cause drama, as she doesn't do drama. He never got time off. His family didn't come to see his son for the first six to eight weeks and have not been back since. If they see our son, it's because I take him to their house. I take care of everything for my son as my husband works. There have been complications early on, but our son is doing great now. During the early stages, I was diagnosed PPD after trying to swerve into the side of a truck. His family constantly reminds me that our son looks exactly like my husband. All his good qualities come from my husband and all the bad ones come from me. This made me spiral even further. I've stopped posting pictures of our son online due to the comments my sister-in-law made. Even my friends thought she was inappropriate. Am I the asshole for not wanting to attend my husband's family gatherings or wanting to be around them? I try to avoid seeing them if I can, and I am only invalidated as my son's mother. Sorry for the novel. I tried to include as much context as possible. However, so much more has happened. I tried to stick to the main pain points.
1: Ooh, this is so rough. Did you have any indication that this family was this shitty in the 14 years you guys knew each other? (sighs) That is... And I also... (sighs) Just so you know, family first doesn't really pertain to women ever, even though we're the ones that make the families. That smacks of like this, like weirdly biblically steeped male favoring, like family first as long as a man isn't inconvenienced. And that is shitty. And I wonder, has she always been this shitty and you never had the kid so you didn't really notice it as much? Do you think it's just because of the baby? Do you think they don't respect you because you're so much, you're over a decade younger than him? Do you, you said, you went out of your way to tell me that you have a degree and he works for his family business. Is it, a blue collar versus higher education thing. Like, do they not like you if you look back at this or is this like just out of the blue?
0: I don't care about this family at all. They're not the problem. The mother-in-law isn't the problem. The problem is this 48-year-old man who did not take time off to be with his wife and who is letting his family talk to you like this. You have a husband problem and a big one. First of all, Emily, (laughs) you sound like me.
1: You do. You do, and if that's the mother, he probably has like been beaten down his whole life by them and her and all of this stuff. You do have a husband problem, and that is fucking bullshit. If this were in America, I'd be like, of course he can't take time off. You'll have to rot, but you're in New Zealand, and I think they care a little bit more about babies and families. That's weird. It should be- The mom doesn't respect you.
0: It should be the easiest thing in the world to get time off from your family business. Your family's your boss. They should be giving you. It's not like you work for like you work for the government and you got time off. But he works for like his family, and they're like, no, you can't be with your baby, and your wife is having a hard time, and she can suck it. That's and he's like, oh, you got a couple, mom. I won't go home to be with my wife. Yeah, okay, mommy. You. Oh,
1: he's forty-eight. You got a couple choices to make here. You're at a real crossroads. Okay, did she give us her name? Uh, 48, Jesus.
0: No, it's sometimes when you guys email, there's like an automatic signature attached of your name in a very faint font. And I never say that because it seems automatic and I don't want to out you. So there is a name, but I'm not going to say it. You need to set a tone right now. I I think. And I
1: think you got to get it all out there. To the mom's credit, she's like, I don't do drama. She doesn't. She's like, I said what I said. I meant it. Keep calm, carry on. Stiff upper lip. We are after all, a British colony, so we don't want any drama. But you're creating the most drama. Yeah. First of all, you got to get with your husband. And you got to just be like, are you my partner in this? I mean, he's 48. He's tired. Maybe he didn't want to have a baby. And now he's like, great. I don't want to do anything. I stand up. Maybe he's spoiled. There's a lot to uncover here. But what you need to do is decide how do you want the rest of your motherhood to look? And I think it's worth, first of all, It's tough because you don't want to like keep the baby from the family, but you don't want to endure this passive aggressive bullshit. Mm -mm. And it's also easy for me to be like, call it out. Be like, is there a reason you say really mean things to me and make it all about how great your side is? They may not realize it, but there's a kernel of truth there to why they're saying it. Has there been drama before? Do you have the kind of relationship where you could be like, is there something you want to say to me? I think you need to teach people how to treat you. If I've ever said it on this podcast, I mean it the most now. That starts with your idiot husband. Yeah, why isn't he defending giant baby you? Huey husband. Uh-huh. Standing up to his mother. And
0: it starts with you having a very frank discussion with your mother-in-law. The the husband first, because it's like what they're sitting there saying, this baby, everything good comes from my, from our son. Everything bad comes from you, you sack of shit. And your husband's sitting there like, yup.
1: (laughs) What is he doing? You talk with the husband. You
0: guys need to, and you're probably
1: not going to get him to do it. You need to be a united front. Ugh. But this, you're, I hate to say this, like you're allowing this, like they're being shitty, and you're just like, oh, I don't know. This is kind of bad. You have to start, you'd be surprised when people throw garbage at you, when you throw like a little bit back, like people like kind of recoil. Right now she has free reign to be that bitch and she's doing that. She does it with her son, she does it with her family and you don't have to get emotional about it. And it's tough because you'll be like, you guys always say all these negative things and they'll be like, literally we one time said that he had his dad's good looks. So be clear in your facts. Don't get emotional. And and that is, isn't it like legally required that dads get time off when their kids are born in New, in New Zealand?
0: It seems something, like the mom doesn't like it. you.
1: Something's going on. They don't respect you and they don't like you. And you can ask the mom. Be like, is there something that you want to say to me? I'm not trying, like, just have a frank discussion with her. Be like, it was really hurtful. It was really difficult. My mother has MS. No one could help me. And she'll get all defensive and weird. This is all her bullshit, but that's her fault. So you need to start deciding how you're going to be treated.
0: And it should have been don't a engage wake with up these idiots online either. You drove and yeah. almost drove into the side of a truck. You have severe PPD, and your husband is just like, keep, keep on, keeping on. Good luck to you. Bye. I'm going to tell you this right now. They
1: don't acknowledge or respect anything medically diagnosed like that. They don't care that your mom has MS. They don't care that you have postpartum. And they're seeing these things as weaknesses, like Mm. genetic weaknesses. Mm -hmm. That's why they're saying, oh, all the good things come from him. Like, look at you and look at all of that over there. You're probably not going to get her to wake up and realize that like anyone can get postpartum and she probably had it and didn't. She probably still has it. That's why she doesn't want her sweet baby taken away from her at 48. He's probably busy refilling staplers. He can't go tend to his new baby. You have to get to a place where you're standing up for yourself and your husband is on your side but since it's all shitty, you may as well set it all on fire. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. This is, you're allowing this behavior and you've got to say something and that sucks because you've got a baby you want to focus on. You want the baby to be involved, but you cannot stand for this attitude.
0: Right. You say their family first, you have to decide. they don't yeah. think of you as part of their family and that's a real big problem. There you go. They don't think of this young wife
1: who has a mental issue as part of the family. So make your own family. Maybe they're not invited to stuff. Maybe your fucking husband's not even invited. Yeah.
0: Kick him out. I'm done with him.
1: I... Or maybe, maybe you are a pill, but we're on your side because you wrote it. <laughs> but I'm just saying like this ends now with the way you decide you're going to dictate your comfort in your child's life yeah. with your child in this family by your actions. Time cool.
0: Yeah. All right. When you
1: ask someone what language they took in school, usually it's like with an eye roll. They're like "Mm, French. I do think there's something to be said for ordering something of quality and every once in a while getting a nice package in the mail with a product that you're going to own for a long time. synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde. I bet you didn't know that was in your sheets. And their signature sheets come in 14 versatile colors and they come in sizes from twin all the way up to California king. And Bolin Branch has a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from and Branch. Go to bowlinbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first sheet set, plus free shipping. That's Bolin Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash Eliza for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
0: All right. Hi, Eliza, Emily, and crew. I'm a 38-year-old female stay-at-home mom of a two-year-old and a four-month-old. I would love to get your input on a problem I've been having for a while now. For years, I have had a problem with friends ghosting me. It first started after college. I had a few good friends from high school who I kept in touch with throughout college and afterwards, but in 2010, 2011, they slowly started phasing me out. I would call and text to make plans, and they would just ignore me. I got tired of trying, so I stopped reaching out, and I never heard from them after that. They are still close friends with each other. I had a tight group of college friends who I made strong efforts to stay in touch with after graduation. I had a falling out with one of them, and soon after, the others also drifted away. I heard through a mutual friend that she was saying negative things about me, and everyone just went along with it and took her side. I know people change and drift apart, so although it upset me, I understood it happens. More recently, however, it's happened again and I can't help but assume that I'm the problem, that I'm doing something to push people away. Through the pandemic, I did my best to stay in touch with friends, texts, FaceTime, socially distanced hangouts. Close friend is pulled away and never texts or invites me to do anything. I've reached out to invite her over to my place or even drive to her. She lives about an hour away. Not convenient with two little ones, but I've still offered. She'll respond with, yeah, that would be great, but then never gets back to me with availability. If I pick a day, she's never available that day. i stop stopped reaching out to her because it's exhausting. Another close friend stopped responding to my texts a little over a year ago. Texts include wishing her a happy birthday, wishing her son a happy birthday, a simple hey, how's it going, and an invite to brunch with a specific day in mind. No response at all. I've seen on social media that she hangs out with other friends, so it's not like she fell off the face of the earth. Heard a lot, but again, I got exhausted being the only one to make an effort. Both this friend and the other friend like and comment on pictures I post on social, but never text or call me. A couple of weeks ago, I was invited to a former coworker's going away party. I saw a group who I hung out with regularly when I worked there. We caught up, laughed a lot, and I felt really good after seeing them. The next day, I texted the group saying, last night was fun. It was so great to see you all. Not one of them ever responded. I wasn't expecting to, but I ended up getting really emotional afterwards when I was talking to my husband about it. He pointed out that if no one wanted to see me, I wouldn't have been invited to that party, which I agree with, but I don't understand how not one of them can respond with, it was great seeing you too, or thanks so much for coming. My husband has also seen these friends fade away and said I shouldn't keep reaching out when it isn't reciprocated. Could there be something I'm doing that is turning people away? It's been so hard to make friends, especially when I'm at home with my kids all day, taking my kids to story time at the library. I've thought about inviting one or two of the kids and parents over for a play date, but honestly don't feel super comfortable because I don't know anything about them outside the library. I agree when you say you teach others how to treat you and I don't want to keep reaching out to people who can't be bothered to send a yeah. simple text back. However, it's been lonely. Of course, I love my husband and kids, but I want more oh. connection in my life. Would love to hear your thoughts. Thank you in advance. Aaron P.S. Saw you in Boston at the garden. You were amazing. Thank you for all you do.
1: Aaron, I'm so sad for you. This sucks. That's so hard. Because the first, you know, my first thought was, okay, like, were you going? Like, I definitely had friends that were friends with each other. And then, like, when I really started pursuing my career, they were just like, oh, well, bye. And I'll see them out and about or on, and it's always like, oh my God, hey. But, like, I just didn't fit in with them. Um, but then it does seem to keep happening. So my question is, do you have any friends? And do you have a friend in your life that you could say like, that you could ask them, is there something I do? There are people like, are you annoying? I will, And I'm only asking this and there's no way you would know. I hate to say this, but like, I sent her a birthday text. I, sent, I told her son happy birthday. Sometimes if a friend, try, this is so awful, but if a friend tries too hard, it's just like whatever you're in the middle of, you're like, okay, I don't know. Yeah, okay, great. I'll tell him, I'll tell my two-year-old you said happy birthday, you know? And it's all coming from such a good place and you just want friends. But especially as we get older, especially if there's a distance, if people don't click in, into your life the way that works for you you kind of just stop responding. And in this increasingly like socially social media optimized world, it is easy to have someone in your life where you're just like, "ugh, they're annoying. I don't want to see them, but I like this post." And it's their way of being like, "I don't hate you. I just don't want to spend time with you." And it is like a common millennial thing to like be weird about seeing people because you're just like, "It's so much energy." And I'm sorry, but like as kind as that is that you offered to drive, like that's a lot emotionally for the other person. Like now I have to have like an activity, like you're coming all this way. So you're not doing anything wrong. Mm-mm. I think you just want it a little too much. And of course you do. Of course you want friends. What I would suggest is you invite those other kids and their parents to another play date. That way you can suss out the parents. You don't want to invite them over. Yeah, well, like at a you're park absolutely or right, something? Because you don't know if they suck. Yeah, a park. Hey, my daughter really wanted to go to this petting zoo. Do you guys want to go? That way you have, you're just being a good mom, like reaching out. And that way it's more social, it's easier. Can you do a block party? Can you do a birthday party? Like, is there a way to do it so that if you don't like them, like you can pull back easily? But I hear you. And I can understand that you just want
0: like some friendship. And I'm sorry. This will be partially solved soon in that when your kids go to school and there's a PTA and stuff you can join, that's going to really help. Um, That's a big piece of it. I think there's also a cyclical element here where you got ghosted and then you were like really nervous about the next person ghosting you. So you were like too much and then they ghosted you. So then you're even more nervous the next time where it's like- Could be. You're just feeding into it. But I also think, just be careful.
1: Mm. Okay, go ahead.
0: Well, it's important that you pointed out you did provide, hey, do you want to go to brunch on this date? Because that is what you need to do, right? I will say with this most recent group text thing, there's that like psychological thing of like, if someone's being attacked, no one helps because everyone thinks someone else will, right? On a group text, I'm like, right. I'm not replying to the group text. Someone else will, or then it's going to go to everybody, or then it's like, it's not that cool of them, but a group, you you have to individually hit people up. You need to reach out to, it was so good to see you, people, Jerry, Uh. Do you want to hang out yeah people are like too cool for school
1: when it comes to group text my family is on one and I have siblings who never write back and it's like okay cool you're all in your early 20s we all know you guys have phones there's this like oh I'm not going to respond like I can't be bothered I'm like too aloof there's also I, I will say this because nobody hates you They just, you just don't fit into their lives in a way that there's probably people in your life that like didn't fit in unless you're like, we'll take anyone. There could have been the fear that like you might be the person that's always wanting to make plans. I'm just putting that out there. So there is the thing where it's like, if I respond, then she's going to say, do you want to hang out on this date? Most people don't like that because of social anxiety. Even if you're a normal person, it's a commitment. And so, when you get someone that's like, you want to hang out, you're like, yeah, totally. Sometimes plans have to come together naturally. Now you're forcing it because they haven't been. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, great, how's Thursday at noon? And you're like, uh, you're just giving them an easy way to be like, sorry, I'm busy. It's. Oh. And so, it, it's a certain relationship with a certain person where you can do that. Yeah. There's some tough. friends I respect it in and other friends that I don't want to see as much where I'm like, oh, I can't do that either. Right. (sighs) Start fresh. These people weren't your people. It was all circumstantial. These are people you worked with. These are people you went to school with. And while these do form lasting bonds, these are not people that perhaps you would have chosen otherwise. So you have an opportunity now to curate your friend group. And as we get older, especially as we're married and have kids, you do have less friends. So you're not wrong for wanting that, but you have an opportunity now to go make that. Don't be afraid to like invite people in.
0: Right. I, I, We'll say I have neighbors who are like seem closer to my age. A lot of people in my neighborhood are older and I saw them at one of our little neighbor events. Then I texted like, oh, we should hang out outside of these neighbor events. And now I'm like, oh, now I need to like pick a thing to do and invite them to it. And so I've just been putting that off because I'm like, what do I do with them? I don't want them to come over here. My house is a mess, but i am be like, hey, do you want to both leave our houses and go somewhere else away from here so that we can all be friends?
1: And like, by the way, it's okay to do that and be like, "Eh, I didn't love it and not do it again. It's also okay to do it and be like, I didn't love it. Oh, well, I'll keep doing it because I have nothing else to do. (laughs) Like, we have a couple that we like had dinner with and like, we just, they're nice enough, but like, haven't really gotten around to like inviting them back over. And like, it's okay. We're busy. You have kids. You can always blame it on the kids. But I am sorry. And that is annoying. But It sucks because you do want it so bad. And I get that feeling of it's just things in life, but don't want it so bad. And you're doing the right thing. Like, oh, I'd like to make a plan, but that's just not the world we live in anymore.
0: Hey, AIA gang. I wrote in a few weeks ago about losing the friend who wouldn't give me an answer on coming to my wedding and then sent a half-hearted note the night of that I never replied to. Greatly appreciate your feedback. i was so stoked when I heard Emily start reading my question on the It Comes Down to Self-Worth episode. I haven't tried to reconnect with that friend and don't plan to. I'm back with another story about a friendship on the brink. I promise I'm not actively trying to eliminate friends, just too old for nonsense. My wife and I, along with two other couples, took a trip to attend a festival in Vegas. One of the couples are my friends. Let's call them Kevin and Renee. I've known Kevin for 15 years and only met Renee twice because they live eight hours away from us. The other couple was Jim and Sarah, my wife's friends who she was roommates with a few years ago. There are two incidents that occurred because of Renee's behavior that had This is a man. Yes. Mm -hmm. Just so everyone
1: listening knows this is a guy because I remember his question about his loser friend who was just like, can't make it. Mm -hmm. Okay.
0: There are two incidents that occurred because of Renee's behavior that has me seriously questioning continuing my friendship with Kevin. Kevin and Renee usually do their own thing and declined several offers leading up to the trip when we scheduled activities and weren't even going to go to the festival. They just wanted a cheaper trip. Kevin and Renee bought their own groceries and we went in with Jim and Sarah to split groceries. Jim and Sarah were hungry, so they made sandwiches and accidentally used the bread Kevin and Renee bought. Honest mistake, right? Nope. Renee approached my wife the next morning and asked her, hey, someone ate most of our bread last night. Was it you? In a rather accusatory tone. My wife said, oh, it must have been a mistake. Jim and Sarah made sandwiches. We have a loaf in there. Feel free to take some. Renee wasn't happy with this response and asked for the bread to be replaced. Whatever, my wife swallowed a response and said, we'll take care of it. About an hour later, when Jim and Sarah returned to the Airbnb, Renee once again brought up the bread and asked them in the same accusatory tone about eating it. Jim and Sarah responded about three times nicer than I probably would have and were apologetic, said they'd happily replace the bread, and Jim took a picture of their loaf so he could get the same one. Renee claimed she needed it replaced because their bread was more nutritious and they go hiking and need it. Jim bought them a new loaf, even though he only used four slices. (laughs) Side note, I did a side-by-side bread comparison the next morning for my own knowledge. Our bread was actually more nutrient-dense and the same type of whole grain by another company, but I digress. Okay. So it wasn't like they ate like- We're clean vegans. We're
1: high raw vegans. And we, every calorie counts because we go on 15 hour death marches. Right. We don't actually live eight hours away. That's just how long it takes to hike to our house.
0: Right. They didn't, but it's not like they ate their like- right. She sounds great. Pumpernickel bread. And they were like, here's some Wonder Bread suckers. Like it was equal-ish. But also so- you're
1: sharing a space. Like right. you're all together.
0: Like, Yeah. Either way, the bread is And you were like, feel free. Okay. (laughs) The bread is replaced and everything seems to be fine. Friday night, we were going out with Jim and Sarah, and I reached out to Kevin and Renee because they were in the area of town we wanted to check out. Sarah and my wife wanted to check out this club to see the deal and go dancing. Kevin and Renee spent the evening before bashing all the clubs that my wife and Sarah were interested in. So we didn't think they'd be spending much time with us. We all meet up in the Fremont Street area. After about 15 minutes, Kevin and Renee go get a drink, and my wife wants to check out a donut shop across the street. I try to wave toward Kevin and Renee, but then just shoot a texting. We'll be right back, since it's crowded and loud. Kevin and Renee don't respond and aren't there when we come back. I don't think much of it, as I mentioned, they're lone wolf types who've done their own thing all trip. Kevin mentions me about messages me about three hours later and asks if we're still in that area. Tell him we had actually decided to head back a few minutes earlier to the Airbnb. That night, I chat with Kevin a few minutes before bed, and everything seems fine. The next morning, as my wife and I are getting ready for the festival. Renee walks out of the bedroom, slams her water bottle down on the counter and says, what the fuck was that last night? You guys abandoned us. That's really shitty. You're shitty people for that. And I'm going to call shitty people on their behavior in the most aggressive and disrespectful tone I've probably ever been talked to in 32 years of life. Mm. Oof. I won't go into all the conversation because I've already written way too much, but I stepped up. Can I say <laughs> yeah. something? New Zealand
1: girl, Kiwi girl. Yeah. Even though Renee is unhinged, take a take cue,
0: a cue and just
1: from this girl honestly, with do this. your shitty mother-in-law.
0: Yeah, do this exactly. A baby cue,
1: a micro <laughs> cue. Just take a whiff of a cue. <laughs> don't do the whole thing. All right, go on.
0: I stepped up to talk to Renee, initially calm and then slowly infuriated. She claimed Jim was heartbroken. I think that's supposed to be Kevin. She claimed Kevin was heartbroken. We abandoned them. And when I tried to say, I sent a text, she said they don't live on their phones and didn't see it. Later in the argument, she told on herself and said they did see it. So she told Kevin not to reply to people who behave like that. Kevin didn't come out of the bedroom until about five minutes into the argument stood in the corner with his hands in his pockets when I tried to address him and say, if you're offended by how we acted, let's go and talk somewhere alone because everyone doesn't need to be a part of that. She forbid him from talking to me and he mumbled that it would have been nice if we walked over or waited for them. Through a mix of over-exaggerations, theatrics, Unrelated claims of past trauma, I eventually de-escalated Renee's tirade and closed the situation out on a note of understanding that basically called it a simple miscommunication, which we apologized for. Renee never apologized, but blamed her emotions and being on her don't-take-shit era for her behavior forward toward us. Jim and Sarah were troopers for not getting up and leaving immediately, but definitely had some anxiety from Renee's behavior during the trip since they'd never met her before. The rest of the trip with them was a bit awkward, but I did my best to bring everything back to earth and head out on a better note. When I got in the car with my wife to drive to the festival, I said, I guess that friendship's over because I can't continue being friends with someone who allows their partner to behave like that and never stepped up to say anything during the entire argument. My only real question is, should I try to keep the long distance once every couple weeks phone calls with Kevin going or just try to avoid ever interacting and just try to avoid ever interacting with Renee again? Or should I just drop the whole thing and stop talking to him? And if he reaches out, let him know his wife's approach to everything. That trip is why I needed a break. Thanks so much for reading this. I'll zip the rest of the platitudes I gave last time and just say much love to you both, Tim. Thanks, Tim. We love you. Look, this situation,
1: as my grandfather used to say, but never to me because I was too little, but to my mom who says it to me, but says that he used to say it, this situation will crystallize. You don't have to do anything. You know how you and your wife treat each other. You know up with which you will not put. And it's a real shitty cop-out that she's like, like it's just my emotions. It's like, no, you're wrong. You're childish. You took it out on everyone. And now everyone's uncomfortable because not only did she take out her like weird emotions on you, she's putting them on her husband, who's like, yeah, I guess we are upset. You sent a text. And yes, we do all live on our phones. Nice fucking try. So take a break. If you want to reach out to him, great. Your relationship can just be with him over the phone. If you actually are getting anything out of it versus just maintaining the friendship because of old time's sake or because you feel you should. And if he reaches out, you may not even have to bring up the wife. He knows his wife is a bit much. You all know it. You're not going to do it again. You sure sure aren't going on another trip with them. So it almost isn't even worth bringing up. But if he says like, hey, you haven't reached out, you are within your rights to be like, yeah, it was just kind of a weird trip. And you can say what you want to say. He's probably going to not so much stand up for his wife, but just be like, yeah, I hear you. But, you know, she gets my dick hard. So I don't really know. There's nothing. It's not like you have to really see them again. No. Yeah. Like she, she put a nail in that coffin. So there's nothing really for you to do. And I, I don't really know what's the goal. You tell him all of this and he's like, you're right. I'm going to talk to her and I'm leaving her and I'm moving in with you guys. If they were, if this was your brother, which we've had that question on here before, if this was your best friend or live next door, it would be different, but she kind of just is a crazy person and she runs that relationship and that's it. And usually we see it the other way where it's the girlfriend and she's dating this piece of shit guy. It's like, how do I tell her? He's not in any physical danger, which is not the case when it comes to women with bad uh, partners, but you may not have the energy after a couple of weeks to even say anything. And everything that happened sounds so small. Like these are all these small things. Like the bread, even talking about it is so weird. Did you send a text? Didn't you send a text? Okay, we saw it. Okay, I reacted, but I'm not going to pause. There's so many, this will get so hazy in a couple weeks and all that you're left with, and this is any situation, is how she made you feel, which was gross and uncomfortable and weird. So note to self, no more vacations with them, but you could still maintain. It will color the way that you view him. Like, do you want life advice from a guy that like is married to a crazy person? Right. So just give it a beat. You don't have to do anything and it'll just come out. Yeah. The takeaway is you never have to hang out with them again. And if he brings it up, be like, no, that wasn't, it was just a weird vibe last time. Or just take a note from the friends that goes to the girl on the last question and she would be like, oh, we can't make that. And that'll be that. But you're done. It, life's too short to have to, if you don't like love this man, like if this isn't your best friend for all time, there's probably a good side to Renee, but like nobody needs to withstand somebody like going through phases. Ugh. need my nutritious bread to go through my phase. Oh, cool. Like, nutritional issues and a mental disorder? Can't wait to be in a house with you.
0: Right. It sounds like a lot of fun. All right. Top of the cob. It's the top of the cob. We're doing it right every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. My top of the cob is when you know you have a little treat in your fridge for later. You know you have something, you're waiting for it. I have a little piece of salmon and it's waiting for me and it's already cooked and I'm going to eat it after this. And I'm very excited about that.
1: That's your treat. Good for you. I thought you were going to be like, it's a Reese's bar wrapped in a donut dipped in Pepsi.
0: (laughs) I feel like a Reese's- Salmon, you're like a small bear. I love Salmon. You can have Reese's whenever, but it's like a little cooked piece of salmon. It's ready to go. It's like when you have good leftovers and you're like, I can't wait till tomorrow when I wake up so I can eat these leftovers. Uh, Totally. Uh,
1: My top of the cob is there's so much rejection in show business and I definitely have like a little bit of PTSD from it. My top of the cob is when you imagine something, work hard at it, Execute it and like it gets a green light. I wrote an essay on my feelings on anti Semitism and I gave it to people that I respected and I worked it and reworked it and like I reread it for days. Like it was the only thing I read and we chose. My publicist was like, okay, who do you want? You know, like we can submit this to places, doesn't mean they're going to do it. And we very strategically chose the Hollywood Reporter. And I sent it off, and I was like, they're going to say no. They're going to say I'm not famous enough, like whatever. And he just wrote back. He was like, they like it. Here's some edits, and they're going to run with it. And it was just, it's not that it was easy, because I worked really hard at it, but it was just really cool to like get that yes, because like I belonged in that space. And it wasn't like, no, we need someone more famous. Oh, you'll be on a panel. Oh, could we just use half of it? So that felt really good. So if you're hearing this on Wednesday, the article already came out. But I also, you know, to say it's a nice feel, feeling in the face of all that's going on, I'm reticent to say that. But I felt emboldened and I feel righteous in what I'm saying. And I think it was a pretty fair essay. And, and I was proud of it because I'm not great at writing essays. It's really hard. <laughs> good work. Uh, when you speak for a living too. Thank you. So check out my article on The Hollywood Reporter. Probably just Google my name and that, and that essay will come up along with like other like past TV deals I've done.
0: That's my top fan, Top of the Cop. Long time listener. I took my fiance to Eliza's show in Phoenix in 2022. It was amazing. Anyway, my Top Mm -hmm. of the Cop is I'm getting married after being together for 12 years, but here's the twist. It's on April 1st, April Fool's Day. We're only telling our immediate family next month so everyone can make their accommodations. The day of the ceremony, we'll post a pic. It's been a hard secret to keep already, especially with our six year old seeing the details. But we're so excited. Thanks so much, Anonymous. Oh, they got a little that's secret so planned.
1: The big, like, the big social media reveal, yeah. like hitting the post button. You're like, it's in the world. And then you only get like 15 likes. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, on April Fool's. So people are no, going to be great. like,
0: sure. And the bottom? Well, my bottom is leaves keep falling and I have to rake them and put them in a bag and then I have to take the bag down to the street and I'm like, this sucks. These live outside. Why can't they just live outside? Why can't I just leave them? This blows. Like, I got to pick all these up. They're from the air. Leave them here. It makes me mad. I got to drag three full bags of leaves down to the front. That's the other thing. You can't just put them out whenever. I have to do it tonight because they're coming tomorrow and I don't want to. I don't want to do that. They just... Can you just leave them? No, because then I'm scared I'm gonna be people in the neighborhood are gonna be mad at me. And it's cause because the trick-or-treaters are coming. Um, I don't want them to like slip on a leaf and sue me.
1: Well, I hope you're getting compostable bags because it does seem counterintuitive to rake up leaves that, as you say, come from the air. I think you need a like a botany lesson, <laughs> ecology lesson. Um, and put them in plastic so that they rot. So
0: can you get something? I have paper, paper bags.
1: Oh, that's great. All right, yeah. you know what, Emily? Take the cardio, rake up your fucking leaves, eat your salmon, live a new life. Sick of you.
0: <laughs> Jenny, What's the uh, fan, fan top? Fan bottom. A fan
1: bottom. Sorry, bottom.
0: When I am the only occupied bathroom stall in a long line of empty ones and someone comes in and shakes the stall right next to me, I need space when I pee. I don't want company.
1: I agree with that. Yeah, that's, it's always weird. There's a certain kind of person that's like, oh, a parking spot right next to the only other car on the lot? Here I come. Right. Here I come. It's like a magnet. Yeah. I'm going to tread lightly with this, but I do think it bears being said because I'm sad about this. Why am I seeing so many trans people supporting Hamas and Palestine? Now, this is your right if you want to be pro-Palestine, but it is deeply threaded with Jew hatred Like it very rarely is like, well, I'm Palestinian, so I grew up this way. And it does smack of like a recently Googled thing. And because Hamas and the anti-Jewishness and Palestine are so intertwined, it's hard to get like a clear take. But I'm seeing a lot of that. Now, maybe it's an algorithm thing. I'm very pro trans rights. I even have a patch of it on my jacket that's like trans rights or human rights. I don't understand what they're identifying with. It has to be you see yourselves as oppressed. So you're seeing them as oppressed. But I've seen multiple videos of like trans people like ripping down posters of missing Israeli kids in America. Now, the posters are there to remind everyone that like 266 people were kidnapped on October 7th putting up missing persons posters in america doesn't really do anything for the people as much as it does spread awareness like we don't think those people are here and you're going to see them. But I just want to ask and this can't be all trans people and Emily you're making a face because you're not allowed to say the word trans and people get upset. What are you what do you think you're doing? You're turning against a very progressive group. I support you. And you're siding with a group that is governed by a terrorist organization that would have you murdered in a minute to look cool in front of your woke friends. So what is that, guys? Come back to the supportive side. And it's not. It's really mostly younger, sort of Gen Z, early millennial people. And it's like, it's just so hurtful. I just don't get it. There's an article in the New York Times about all the people that we as Jews support and like they're all just turning on us and it's a really horrible feeling to know that all the progressive things that I always stood for, like it's not about a one-for-one thing, it's about what's right, like trans rights or human rights, but then it's also okay for you to be like, I I side with the Palestinians and that they are being oppressed for sure. There is an argument there, but to be violent, to tear down posters, to be like sort of red pilling kind of far the other direction? Like what's going on? I'm okay with saying that because I'm not vilifying all trans people. I'm just saying this is a thing that I keep seeing pop up in people that are being vocal. What is
0: that? You're seeing multiple different people do it? Yeah. And I'm not
1: indicting the entire trans community, but I am saying like, as a trans person, like what about anything happening in the Middle East makes you think that you guys are on the same side, like just dig a little bit deeper than like what your friends at your coffee house say to you. Just saying you want to talk oppression, you can you know, look right back to World War II. You can look back to the fact that like I have to go visit synagogues and they all have armed guards. I'm just saying, it's just it seems. I said what I said. What is that? Gay rights. What are you? What are you waving a gay flag for at a pro-Palestine march? And it's not that you can't be pro-Palestinian and be gay, but I'm seeing like, they ripped it down. They ripped the gay pride flag down because the kind of people that are being violent in these streets are not the kind of people that would support you. So that's, it's just weird. It's just a weird take. Emily's like, I'm not gonna say anything. I don't want to lose my home.
0: I, I mean, it's I'm a, I have seen well, these videos. That's fine.
1: Your silence is totally your choice. Um... But we do live in a society now where it's like, I better not say anything because I don't want, I'm broaching a subject. I'm asking you what's going on. We do live in a society where if you mention any other minority, you're like canceled. But I stand by my right to freedom of speech to ask a question. Well, I'm not going to comment on,
0: I can't answer that question. I am not the people.
1: I can't speak to their motives. I'm merely broaching it. I'm saying, hey, I'm always on your side. And it's not, it doesn't matter just because I'm just one Jewish person. But you're at these rallies and the, the people that are there might be pro-Palestine, but you are mixed in with very violent people in general. The same kind of people that were the reason the kids had to lock themselves in the Hillel building at Cooper Union. The same kind of people ripping down Israeli flags at the, U, at the UN, like, just be careful. these this, These people make very strange bedfellows. You want to side with Palestine, that's your fucking God-given right, but... It's a very slippery slope, and it's just odd to me. That's all. More of that in my article. That's all. I'm sad I'm very pro-trans. <sighs> all right. Well, I guess well, and this I think will be canceled. And Because
0: I will- in this day and age, you have to explicitly say everything. I think it's fair to say you will continue to be very pro-trans, but you are simply wondering what's up with this. Yeah.
1: Unlike other people, just because I see some trans people being very visible, on these hate videos about siding with Palestine doesn't mean I then pull my support for something that I believe is right. Right. Like I will continue to believe trans lives are human, trans rights are human rights. Just like I continue to believe black people shouldn't be murdered by the cops and that if you want to come to this country legally and, and work hard, like there's a lot of things that are not on the conservative agenda that I still very much believe in. Gay rights, all these things. So just because you don't support me And just because you are inadvertently kind of cheering for the death of my people doesn't mean I don't support your fundamental rights. So I'm an independent thinker. Anyway, you can stay quiet. That's fine. You're thinking about your salmon anyway.
0: I know. I feel like you never want to say independent thinker. That makes me think of like, that's like Andrew Tate.
1: You know what? I'm so sick of men co-opting like positive things. Like I can't even say podcast. It's like, oh, Why are you conservative? You eat a lot of protein? I'm my own thing.
0: Do you eat a lot of protein? Not as
1: much as the internet would have you believe you need to eat. When you look at internet videos, it's always like, come along with me. This is a chocolate breakfast bar smoothie and it's got 800 grams of protein. You're going to get kidney stones. Folks, you don't need that much protein. Everything's like packed with protein. Like just, you can just eat an egg. You'd probably be fine. Anyway, I think, I think people like what I said here today. And uh, I'm going to go with that and I'll see you guys this weekend in Philadelphia. I will see you in Washington, D.C. And by the way, Emily, you don't have to have a hot take on this. This isn't like Black Lives Matter where I'm going to like rake you over the coals because you didn't post a black square. Like you don't have to. That's okay. It's okay to not have all the facts and to abstain. I I really applaud that versus like blindly rushing into a crowd to support a cause that would have you beheaded. Uh. This weekend, play the music. I will be in D.C., and I will be in Philly, and then the next weekend, I will be at San Jose, and I will be in Reno at the Silver Legacy, Big Return, and then we're coming to you, Portland and Seattle. We got two shows at both venues. We're fucking pumped. And then it's Thanksgiving, and then I'm off to Europe. I'm off to Europe for shows to battle a different kind of anti-Semitism, because theirs is is older, (laughs) Boy. But I'm going and I'm going to enjoy your Christmas markets. So we'll see you then. Do you see want you to next do week. Your,
0: your new ending thing? Where you yeah. said you want to share a feeling from the episode?
1: Well, I think the feeling for the episode, excluding my rant at the end, would be it's about kind of putting your foot down about what you're going to take. And you don't have to be belligerent about it, but it's about quietly deciding I'm done with that person quietly deciding how you're going to move forward. And you don't even have to share it with everyone. You can just do it.
0: Have a little Renee energy. That's pretty Just a little bit. A dash of Renee will go a long way.